Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Thank you and welcome to the Liars Club. And I'd like you to meet some of the biggest liars in town. And his pistol's just a little 22. Couldn't hurt a flea. Remember me? I'm the kid that had a report to on space. Then I got the new Encyclopedia Britannica. He had a report due on space, and then he got the new Encyclopedia... I think I made that abundantly clear. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Welcome to Can You Hear Me? I'm Gustav Montblanc. I'm Ty Webb. And I am Heavy Longmire. So heavy. So, so long. long. <laughs> so mire. So you can find me at Real Gustav on Twitter. I am at... <laughs> you hate the spelling of my, I am at, at Muzzy74, and that's M-Z-Z-Y, cause I hate yous. Fucking yous. You can find me, Heavy Longmire, at Longmire Heavy. Because Heavy Longmire was already taken? Yes, it was. <laughs> You know the reason that I don't have a U in my muzzy is just because I forgot to write it in there when I did it, and then I couldn't change it. Yeah, once you've made that, you're stuck. You can yeah. change your name all day long, but you can't change that Twitter no, name. No, I'm, I'm stuck as a vowel hater. It's they just, mean business, man. It, yeah, and I know that, like, uh, Machine was mad because there's already a Mike Marshall or Machine or whatever, and so he's stuck at Machine Sports or some shit. Uh, I would encourage everybody to follow us on Twitter. I don't know that we're any funnier there than we are on here. I'm not. Uh, no, you're not. I think I'm a lot funnier than most people on Twitter. Yeah, I'd give you that. Yeah. And um, I'd also <laughs> encourage you to tell your friends about us, Can You Hear Me, if you think we're funny. And if you don't think we're funny, tell your enemies. That's just as good to us. Doesn't matter. Yeah, just tell somebody. And as always, if you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how bad we suck, you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail. Actually, that's just the email for if you like us. If you don't like us, you can email us at suckit at eatadick.com. <laughs> there you go. All right. So um, let's uh, do some emails. Yeah, yeah, right off too. the bat. Let's do that. So our first email, uh, they chose to be – they didn't want us to use their, their real name. Okay. I don't – I totally understand that. Absolutely. So this person decided to go by the alias of a transsexual. Hey. Call it. me Bailey J. Any day. First time, long time. Both episodes have been laugh out loud funny. Not just the overused and abused, LOL. At this rate, the five-year plan for the podcast is looking good. Godspeed, gentlemen. 
Hey, that's nice. Yeah. It's a nice one from somebody that likes transsexual porn. Which, I mean, who doesn't? No. I, you know, I was explaining that to some ladies at my client right now that about tranny porn and how that has exploded. So to speak. So to has speak. it? Uh, compared to what it was like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there wasn't any tranny porn out there. Okay. I just found out last week that there's other porn besides tranny porn. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I haven't checked it out yet, but I heard it's out there. And how with we, we started talking about Caitlyn Jenner. And that's what kind of got it all ah, okay. ball rolling. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I think that's caused some of the acceptance because there's so many dudes out there watching tranny porn because there's so much tranny porn. They're not making it for people for that's just a trannies. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And porn has continually shaped our life technological-wise uh, in the last 30 years. Porn caused VHS to beat Betamax. Because the porn company right. went with VHS. Yeah. Porn created the internet as we know it. It wasn't Al Gore. No, it was it was Tranny Al Gore. It was Tranny Al Gore, right. Emperor of the Moon. And so I think Tranny Porn is going to make the way for future transsexual acceptance. And can you – I mean, it's a totally different world now than it was when we grew up when looking at porn meant, you know, finding a stash and some – Friend of your dad's closet, or you know, Jack in a magazine from some, or found out in some uh, drifters encampment, right, right, you know, where you weren't sure if they were going to come back and hit you over the head with a machete, or yep, or the uh, gold mine at some local pawn shop, right? Oh yes, 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 yes. 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 But if That's, it was a, a that, that, we need to make a footnote. We need to come back to that <laughs> full episode. I no don't know doubt. if we can talk about that. No I don't think we can. Without well, we won't publish it, up. but we need to talk about it. <laughs> so I want to thank Bailey J, because uh, I know you're not the real Bailey J. Because I saw your Jay. name. I know it. I know who you are. I know where you live, in fact. No. Yes. That sounded a little menacing, it's, and I like it's, it. You know, it's, are they anywhere near us? No, it's lesbian best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. Anyway. So that was our first email, so thank you very much. She's always... And we said, transsexuals, let us hear from you, and there you go. So technically, she kind of did us a favor there. All right. So we can add the T as well as the silent H now. Good. Now, Good. here's a new uh, uh, new email from a... Uh, I'm not going to say his... I'll say his name. He's on Twitter. He goes by his real name on Twitter. I assume it's his real name. It's Robert Williams. I like that guy. Bobby. I like that guy, too. He's a fellow... Outside the loop. Yeah, he's good. Yep. He's a good good. So, good, good. dear brethren, beyond 635, my wife is from Tyler. Maybe sorry. Face. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Smith and County. it has come to my attention. Old my, money, maybe. Maybe. Tyler has a lot of old money. Uh, the Apache Theater, too. Oh, yes, the Apache Theater. The drive-in porn. Oh, man. That, yeah. that place, how long has that been there? Is it still open? Oh, yeah. Or the last, I mean, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> they only show uh, tranny porn now, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, so it's come to my attention that my seven-year-old son has a rifle kept at his grandfather's house, who still lives out there. Being that I'm a Yankee from Chicago. Oh. Sorry. This is some. This something alarmed me some. What do you guys feel is an appropriate age for a boy 
or girl, for that's my addendum there, to start learning how to shoot. Sent from outside the 635-75 border where we still don't have electricity for the new stoplight, but we did get a new milking goat for 12 tin cans and a sack of flour. So thank you, Robert. Good deal on the goat. I, I have my hot hot <laughs> opinion on this, so I'm going to go ahead Your and hot let, Carl opinion. Hot Carl opinion. I'm going to let you two weigh in if you want. Okay. First off, hint, this is uh, my take on this. Him being from Chicago and living down here, that, that's – I do want to talk about that sometime, about the uh, Yankee invasion. But to stick <laughs> with uh, – It falls just right under his issue with Red China. Right. Russians, China, Yankees. Yeah. And uh, – okay, to answer your question, Robert, I bought my oldest daughter, who's 11 now, I bought her her first gun when she was in kindergarten. Uh, Which she was 12? No. Uh, <laughs> it was this year. It was a single shot, 22, and took her out, showed her how to safely handle a gun, and she did great. She loves it. Uh, after about a month of that, she graduated up to shooting one of my 22s, and it was a really good shot. And... Even after that, she graduated up to now the only one she wants to shoot is that uh, 22 AR that Gustav laughs at me about. It's a toy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's it. good. And I think it's important for kids to know that, uh, yes, guns are dangerous, and they're, but they are they're to be handled uh, with safety and with care. And if they, if they're never, if they're never around them, they just think they're bad things. I, I don't really think that's good. My wife, she, I mean, she grew, she's Texan through and through. She grew up in a house with no firearms. Um, she had never really been around them until me and her got together, and she was not completely okay with it. But after taking her out and teaching her how to shoot and that kind of thing. She likes it. She's still not a huge fan of them, which, which I'm a, I'm a rifle and shotgun guy. I'm not a pistol guy. Uh, I have no need for one. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, but yeah, seven year old, uh, I say go for it, but ultimately it is your decision. You are the parent. That's my take. What he really means is that ultimately it's his decision, and he will tell you when your kid should have a gun. And if you don't follow what he says, he's going to come to your house and pistol whip you with his rifle because he's not a pistol guy. Have you ever been whipped with a shotgun? I don't want to talk about that right now. Okay. Safe word. <laughs> a safe word is shotgun. Uh my personal uh, experience was this is a little bit different because uh, my I'm I'm an avid bow hunter and I use a bow much more than I use a rifle. These Concealed days. carry. Concealed carry. Yeah, I've got it under you my shirt right using now. Using the bow after uh, when uh, that girl movie came out, didn't you? Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah, yeah, I was I was inspired, inspired by Hunger Games. Yeah, and, isn't uh, the just 
just to clarify, isn't that tattoo on the small of your back Katniss? It might be. It, it might be Katniss. The it, Mockingbird? I consider myself the Mockingjay. Uh, Go ahead. We're, we're interrupting. No, that's all right. I'll edit y'all out later. Um, <laughs> I uh, So my oldest daughter was very intrigued by the bow. She wanted to learn how to shoot a bow. She wasn't really at all interested in guns or wanting to, you know. Uh, I mean, I certainly taught her the basics of how to, you know, handle a gun safely and that kind of thing. But as far as going out and shooting, and she's nine, um, she hasn't had any interest in that. But she did want to learn how to shoot a bow, and so I got her a bow last year, and she shot, you know, like target practice with it and that kind of thing. And she really loves that. And she doesn't have any interest in hunting, but she loves target practice, and she loves to shoot it. And... Uh, but I mean, I think, I think it would have been about the same age if, you know, that if she would have had any interest in it, especially that I would have felt like it was appropriate. And I mean, I think it depends on like where you're starting out with. Like, are we talking BB gun or are we talking, you know, an actual firearm kind of thing? But I was trying to remember back when my, my first BB pellet gun was, man, probably, Around seven or eight, I would think. I got mine in kindergarten. Yeah, so I think like the first, first you know, probably first, second grade, something like that. But I, yeah, I mean, I would think around first grade for a, you know, your first baby gun, pellet rifle, something like that would be appropriate. All right, now my turn. And this is what the part of the podcast where I sound like some kind of star craving lunatic. Yes. Are you going to go like in utero? It was all, it was almost that way. So my background, uh, I got my first gun when I was a year old. Right out of the womb. <laughs> it was a double barrel 20 gauge. <laughs> it sawed off. It, it should be, I mean, we should probably preface any discussion you have on guns with maybe just a, a brief you know, look into the Gustav arsenal that exists <laughs> at yours and your family's home. Yeah, so the Monteblanc family is pro-gun. Very. <laughs> that's an understatement. That's very, I, very. Yeah. And if Red Dawn does happen, I know y'all are all coming to my house. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I started shooting myself really big stuff at a really young age. I was a real small kid. I'm not a big guy now, but I was shooting, you know, Dirty Harry level 44 Magnums and insane giant rifles that people would bring over. Oh, let, let him shoot that, you know, and then I'd knock me on my ass. But I said, and I, I've done a pretty good job. I've not pushed my kids as far as the heavy calibers, which they have access to if they want, but I haven't been pushing them. Nothing above 50 yet. <laughs> it's only a pop gun. Uh, but I did start them early. Now, Grandfather uh, Monteblanc bought each of the grandkids <laughs> and engraved with their name and birth date, 22 Henry Lever Action revi- uh, mm. Rifle. They are gorgeous rifles. Yeah, They're beautiful rifles. Last time we were over there shooting skeet, we saw the boxes for Yeah, yeah. he keeps the boxes. I'm not sure why. That's his thing. I'm not going to 
So, yeah, I have a, a safe with three of the identical rifles sitting in it with everybody's name on it. I picture Gustav teaching his kids about guns as something similar to uh, Tiger and his dad growing <laughs> up with the yeah. super glue in the, the golf club to his hand when he was two. T- duct taping it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started the boys, and I guess the girl too, around two. With a single shot, uh, falling block, Stevens crack shot, with rat shot in it. And we would shoot balloons. So I'd blow up a balloon and tape it. And then I could hold it while they, and I could guide it to shoot the rat shot. You would hold the balloon? No, not the balloon. I would hold the barrel. Man, you're a trusting father. (laughs) Start them young. Um, You had drawn a picture of Stalin on each (laughs) balloon. Hirohito on it. So... Here we are, got Mussolini up there, and I would we would shoot maybe about 10 shots, and that was all they were good for, and let them pop a few balloons, and they'd be like, okay, you can go back to Granny and go play with her, and um, they still shoot 22 pretty much. We've moved the oldest one up to some 357, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Now, they love pistols. All, all three of them love pistols. Yeah. So, 22 semi-automatic pistol, they'll shoot it as fast as I can load the magazines. And the boys, will, I, I have to watch them because they are Monteblancs. Yes. <laughs> and, like, there's a picture somewhere of the Swinging oldest shit one. around. He's, he's posed like Han Solo, you know, shooting this 22, not even aiming it, just kind of off the hip, just <laughs> hand up in the air. Just, but they are very safe, you know. And, and they Sounds get, like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. they get yelled at by me and Uncle Monteblanc. Ah, okay. And imagine at what getting yelled at by Uncle Monteblanc. It's probably pretty rough. It's not, it's, it's not their normal. Right. It's so, NSFW for yes, sure. Yes, it's NSFW when they are not NSFW ears. Yeah. So uh, we haven't had any problems. And having so many guns, and we use safes. You know, that's not something that there's just guns laying around the house. You make the kids sleep in the safe. <laughs> right. They have, to, they have to know how to, how to unlock it from the inside. The key to me, and this is one of those things that I've always talked to them about, and I, I know that there are, especially anti-gun people, they're like, oh, you know, kid deaths from it, and if you make sure that people that you send your kids over to play with, they don't have any guns, well, I'm more worried about the family that don't teach their kids about the guns. Yeah. Because my kids, there's no curiosity there. First mm-hmm. off, they know what the gun can do. You yep. know, they've seen it on targets and bowling pins and when Uncle Monteblanc shoots plasma TVs or whatever he's doing today, they see how destructive it is. But also, when you have a a safe full of guns, and I'm like, do you want to look into any of these? Do you want to talk about these? The mystique is right. Is not there. Right. Yeah. It's not like the kid that happens upon a gun and they're like, "Oh man, this is cool. What is this like? Let's play with it." Right. Thing. Yeah. yeah. That was talking about the dis- knowing the destructive force of it. Um, I remember when I first started shooting shotguns, probably third or fourth grade. That was the. It was in the summer, 
And I remember that's the, that's probably the best lesson, uh, that my dad showed me. We went and got a watermelon. And he put the watermelon on a post and had me shoot it with the shotgun. And of course it blew it to hell. And he's like, that's what that will do to a human head right, right there. You know, respect the gun. Don't be jacking around with it. That's what it can do. So to sum it up, I think it's all within uh, what you're comfortable with, what your uh, wife or partner's comfortable with. Like uh, Heavy said, my wife grew up with guns in her family, but she was not a big gun person. And um, she comes and shoots with me once maybe a year. You know, it's not very often. She's good at it, but it's just not one of those things that really floats her boat. But she is supportive of it. She is willing to defend the home with it. So, you know, we make sure that she knows how to operate all the sundry of shotguns, rifles, carbines, pistols. <laughs> so She's no, in full Kevlar right now. Well, okay. So Does she have Kevlar lingerie? Don't lie. She does Don't not have lie. Kevlar lingerie, but there is a full ballistic vest. <laughs> and I've color-coded the magazines oh, to the rifles <laughs> that use those magazines, the ones that should be the go-tos for her. So... There's an orange dot on the 223 magazines, and there's an orange zip tie on the AR in the safe. Sure. As we mentioned in a previous podcast, Gustav is Mr. Preparedness. He is the armory of Can You Hear Me? Right. So I'm going to explain a little bit of Gustav. Okay? My avatar is the great Charlton Heston. So great. From the movie The Omega Man. So back when Channel 8 would show movies in the afternoon. K-A-S-A-S-A-I-M-A. They showed Omega Man like once a month, it seems like. And that's the movie where Charlton Heston's the last man on earth fighting zombies. And because he has this arsenal and he can go around trying to eradicate zombies, here I am like six years old watching that. And now 35 years later, you're that guy. I'm kind of that guy, or at least that mentality. Right. Your eyes, I bet, were so saucered watching that movie. So I, I watched that movie, and I don't ever remember being scared by it or anything. I just thought this is so kick-ass. So when a six-year-old Gustav Child number one rolls around, and I'm thinking... You set him down and made him watch it. We watched it. <laughs> I think he did the full clockwork orange with having his eyelids up. And uh, you know, so I think he's blocked it out. Yeah, he's repressed it right, until he's about be 30, some, some and then he's in a tower therapy. somewhere. Right. Yeah. All right, so, Robert, I hope we either confused you more or helped you out. I think, it, I think the message is do what's right for you. Uh, if you need help from someone that is more gun savvy, you know, find somebody that's not crazy. That's the key. That is, and it's not as easy as you'd think. No, it's not at all. But um, beware of the, I mean, Gustav is a real gun connoisseur and he knows his stuff, but be really wary of the, 
the over gun talker with little gun actual gun knowledge. Absolutely. That, that that reminds me Which of there's a lot of a lot. Of. I would say they most prob- of they probably have truck nuts too. Probably so. Now that makes me think of a time that we had some people from East Texas come up and go hunting with us. Oh geez. And these were guys we knew from scouts. Great guys. Great guys. Love them. Still talk to them. And twenty something years later, I keep in touch with them. They came camping with us. And gun safety was not high on their list. No. We're lucky nobody got shot. Oh, my God. Weekend. In fact, it got so bad that we put our guns up. Yeah. And, you know, and that says something, because how old were we? We were 18. 18. Yeah. And for us to have the wherewithal, just like, this isn't this isn't cool. Which, I mean, they had shot before. Right. But they weren't into it. Quite, I mean, they didn't shoot as much as we did. Oh, well, nobody shot as much as we did. <laughs> and, yeah, so, I mean, safety's always got to be up there. But, yeah, exactly like uh, Ty and Gustav were, were saying, just because somebody says they're a gun guy doesn't doesn't necessarily translate to the no. real thing. No. And, I, I mean, I've heard the argument that if you if you if you don't have guns in the home and you're not into guns and that kind of thing, that... It's not as necessary to teach your kids about gun safety and that kind of thing because they're not around them at home. They're not going to wander upon one, you know, in the closet or anything like that. But, I mean, I'm not on board with that because no. my house is not the only house that my kids are going to be at. Right. And the chances of them being around a gun, <clears throat> excuse me, are, you know, very high. Especially in Texas. Right. So, I mean, even if I didn't have any guns in the home and that kind of thing, I would still want them to uh, have a good understanding of gun safety. I mean... Absolutely. And the earlier the better on that. I mean, even if you're not... Even if you don't feel like they're old enough to take out and shoot and that kind of thing, understanding, you know, how to be safe with a firearm, you can start really early. And, And that's a conversation that I've had with all three of my kids, that if you're at someone's house and you see a gun or they want to show you a gun you tell them no thank you and yeah i've done the same with my girls because absolutely you had an incident where you were with somebody's house and there was an accidental discharge didn't you yes i did and i scared the shit out of you yeah uh, i had an accidental discharge on the way over here (laughs) i was uh, i was in high school and i was very very lucky that uh that i didn't get popped in the head yeah i don't think i've heard this story it was uh, see, I was a freshman, right? And I was running around with a senior guy, and uh, we used to. He kind of took me under his wing. He was one in one of the cool groups, you know. If you want to go ahead and drop the name, and I will edit it out, just so he knows who you're talking okay. about. I was over at Bill Tyler's house. Oh, okay. And uh, which he was around guns a lot. Yeah, I mean, and this was just one of those freak things. You know, it was an unloaded gun. Exactly. And uh, he had a it was a twenty two on his Mr. Garvey made uh, <laughs> another edit. Gun, That's all right. On his Mr. Garvey gun rack that we made in seventh grade right. shop class, hanging up in the room, and uh, but it was hanging down low, and we'd been drinking. No. And yes. But wait, you said you were a freshman. You're, you weren't old enough to drink. Uh, it was one Heavy. of those things, man. 
It was one of those things. But anyway, I have my head leaned up against his bedroom wall, like my forehead up against I the wall. I was so worried you were going to say buttocks right there because you kind of paused with that B. Yeah. And it hit his mouth in a kind of oval. <laughs> yeah. In a, right. In a very well, he, caressing He's wanting to motion. show me this old twenty two that he's got. Well, he reaches over. And, and like I said, it was it was hanging down low because there's like bookshelves above it or something like that. Well, he takes it off the gun rack and he picks it up, finger like in a like a pistol grip yeah. type action right there and picks it up. I'm standing at this other end of it, like way down the wall. It's not like I was right beside the gun yeah. or anything. And he goes to pick it up off the gun rack. And pop! That thing goes mm. on. And I just I froze, and he froze. And his eyes were so bigger, and it ended up, because he said he said that was unloaded. I always unload. Ended up, his dad had used it to shoot a cat in the backyard or something like that, and left around in it, and just put it back on his gun so on his gun rack. Yeah, safety off and everything. So that's why you know for us, open chamber. And you have to know yes. how to use the gun to I open keep mine the chamber. Open chamber all the time. And that's you know since I have so many odd varieties of gun, that's not easy. So I have to you know I have to really. But like I said, we keep everything locked up. So you know, like, I don't know if we have time for it now, but I have a a less well, still pretty scary, but also an element of humor story about poor gun safety that involved myself. And one of our very good friends that we we all know quite well that uh, decided to go duck hunting on Matthews property and Matthews was also down there duck hunting and we thought we'd play a little trick on Matthews give him a scare and then he in turn scared the living shit out of us <laughs> carrying our, his weapon right at us. <laughs> because there's no doubt that Matthews' life was in danger yeah, at this that, duck pond at, what, 5 o'clock in the morning? And we were nestled behind this huge tree, and we fired off a shot into the air just to jack with him, you know. And then he swung around and fired a shot directly at that tree. <laughs> if that tree would not have been there, both of us would be dead. Yeah. Uh, so don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't trespass. DJ. Yeah, okay, that's there's there's a couple of lessons to learn here. <laughs> Don't fire your weapon into the dark. No, yeah, the sun was up. And secondly, don't trespass. So, Robert, I don't know if we helped any. Hopefully we did. Uh, find what's best for you. We, email us again if you want some more tips, and we'll probably just give you more shit. Just the tip. Just the tip. All right, the next one is from one Cody Allen. I like Cody. Cody MF and Al. That's a great name. It is a good one. Just where do you draw the line? Hmm. A very Mm. intriguing title. Yes. Very. Dear Generous Lovers. (coughs) Got us confused with the Dragon Bag Boys, I'm pretty sure. I won't ask for specifics since anonymity are things I appreciate yet can't seem to accomplish, e.g. my Twitter handle is my name, email, etc. I graduated from a Fanning County high school and had a shit education. You fellows seem to have pretty good heads on your swivels. How did you manage it growing up in the 903? Also, He's from where? Fanning County? He said just a high school in Fanning County. So that 
that's that's between Grayson and Lamar, right? That's that's over there. Uh, it's in the 903, though. It's in the 903, upper 903. Uh, I think the Red River is the border of it. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, yeah, yes, it yes, goes. yes, yes. Yep, Grayson, Fannin, Lamar, Lamar, Red River, and then Bowie County. Yeah, right. And then below it, you would have. That's Colin, when they start getting cut up. Colin and Hunt. Colin Hunt. Hopkins. If you put those together. It's bad. It can be bad. Colin Hunt. Colin Hunt. All right. He also says, also, can y'all suggest any exotic wood suppliers around the shit butt county area? I make wooden things. Buttons, dot, 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 bass guitars, dot, dot, dot. Uh -uh. Electronic like mail sent using Duendes and or snake oil. So this Duendes. has got so many layers here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's address the main question of how did we turn out to seem okay. Um, thoughts, boys? Because I'm going to go right off the bat, and this All is right. a cliche. We got pretty good parents. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Parents that valued education – and, and encouraged had, it. We had good grandparents also. Good yes. grandparents. So yes. Solid had, families. Solid families. We mentioned earlier that uh, our parents were in their 20s when they had us. Mm -hmm. Indirectly, we mentioned that. And in my case, my grandparents were young when they had my parents. So I had – when I was born, my grandparents were in their early 40s. Yeah. Sluts or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> As they were labeled last time. So I had. That's not at all what I meant. Uh, full. In fact, I had six great grandparents alive until I was eight. Damn. And most of them were functional with it people. Right. Up to, you know. So I had this big extended family all within the area. And like you said, education was very important. Now, most of my family, I guess I was the first bachelor degree well i guess i had some cousins that did but anyway you know it wasn't a, a family of learned doctors right by any means right. just working farmers and tradespeople. but that was important and it was always encouraged from the start always lots of books yeah you know my my grandfather monteblanc never went to college but was a certainly uh well-read man. Yes, right. I would call him a very well-read man. And so that was just expected of me, too. Yeah. So I and think that, that was the big thing. That was pretty common, I would say, for our age, is that a lot of us had grandparents who either didn't finish high school because they went to work, or high school is as far as they went because they went into the service, or right. they went to work, and that kind of thing. But they were self-taught curious, you know, wise. They, you know, they spent a lot of time reading. History was always a big thing, you know, in my family. It sounds like it, I mean, it was for yeah. you guys too. And, uh, I mean, I think that was a big part of it, was that the the curiosity of not just local history, but just history in general is where a lot of it started for me, I think, because that was a big thing in our family. Which, I mean, I think just generation-wise, that's been a big change, too. I heard the musers talking about that the other day, of how it seems like kids are less interested in history 
you know, as the generations go forward right. than they were before. Yeah. And I mean, I, that was a big part of the, um, as far as the encouragement into academics and that kind of thing was discussion of history. There was a lot of that going on. At the you know, time. and two, there wasn't that, you know, because as with most kids, you're not really interested in history. But with my family, it didn't matter. You're going to listen to this anyway. Right. right. We're going to go see this anyway. Right. That right there is – talk more about that because that's how it was with us too. And, you know, and like I was the first – see, my dad didn't graduate college. He went to college for a little while till he he, he gambled and saw that his uh, – uh, he did the math and gambled that his that he wouldn't get drafted if right. he quit college. So he went ahead and quit college so he could start working full time. But uh, I would say in my case, uh, of course, you know, good family structure, extended family structure. Because I have a big family and uh, or extended family, and uh, I will say, probably in my case and with my whole family, the thing that was taught to me. And that I admire my family for is having an open mind. Don't be, you know, and and that's hard considering where we came from and some right. of the folks that that we grew up around. Right, and I, I do think that's a common thread with our families, though, yes. for sure. So my family probably more conservative than your family. Than my family, yes. absolutely. But at the same time, the conservatism was more like a libertarianism. It wasn't called that then. Right. But it was more mind your own business. Yeah. And yeah. now, if you watch my family on Facebook now, it may not be quite as much. But uh, that's a whole other thing of how. Facebook has turned people that you would, wouldn't mind used to having a conversation with about politics, turn people into raving lunatics yeah, in general. Everybody's an expert now. It's, it's so bad. But yes, your family much more on the liberal side. Oh yeah. And that's not always an easy thing in a, in the 903. No, not which, at all. Now that's certainly shifted. So there was a time when it was yellow dog Democrats, but those, yeah, and it was a more, it was a more middle of the road, yes, democratic structure. But even even at that, I would say my family leaned left of that, right. Uh, like I said, just having a keeping an open mind and res- respecting. People respect people until they prove otherwise. And I think that's where we've, as a society in general, not just the 903 area code, but everywhere, that's what we've lost. Yeah. Yeah. The Internet's caused that. Yeah. Or fostered it, at least. And I would say another thing that helped in my education, um, because I I was not a good student, uh, Ty and Gustav were both very good students. No, 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 that's not true. Y'all made good grades. That's not always true either. I would still put us in the underachiever. We were category. total underachievers. I made, I, okay, I got an F, or maybe it was a D, in biology once some. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Uh, 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you want me to help you with a code name like last time? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was it was a female biology teacher. Yes. It wasn't the biology teacher yeah. that. I'm with you. And uh, that was very disappointing to her because again, underachiever. Oh, sure. Now later on, you know, science has been a right niche for me. Yeah. But yeah, just because I didn't want to. Draw the colors of cells or some shit. I, we did not have a plea. I'm pointing at Ty <laughs> right now. And you can disagree if you want to. We did not have a uh, desire to please our teachers as a general rule. <laughs> no, no. So I think we were – and you're not dumb, so don't act no, like you're – No, not at all. And it was – Well, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> The I was I was playing any, open any, any compliment that starts with the phrase "you're not dumb" is really headed in a it's, yeah it's hard I appreciate to turn that, that guy. no offense yeah I mean with no all due offense. respect yeah no I would say an open mind and just curiosity how do things work yeah. how do things work exactly. and, and I can remember this as a little kid and this is really you know. I'm sure y'all were the same way. This was before the internet. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, as a small kid, like a kindergartner, first grader, I would ask my mom a question of, you know, why does, why is this like this? Why, mm-hmm. why does it rain? What makes rain? And my great aunt, it was my mom's aunt. She was a, she was very learned. She was the, she had gone to college back in the. 30s and 40s. She was a, she was a school teacher. Uh, went to North Texas, and uh, when I was born, she gave me a children's world book. Right. So that yeah. was my mom. Whenever I'd ask a question, that was my mom's response. Go look it up in the uh, in the world book. And uh, and then when I got in fifth grade, that same aunt bought me a brand new set of. Britannica Encyclopedia. We, Whoa, Britannica! That was that the was expensive. That shit. was upscale. Yeah, we had the world leather books. bound, right? Leather bound, maroon leather bound Britannica. But I mean, we grew up in the era where the encyclopedia was the internet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that it was the same way for in my house. Like if you had a question about something, that became a project. Like yeah, you were going to exactly. look it up, you were going to learn about right. it. You were going to have to come back and report, you know, to what you learned kind of thing. Like it was very much fostering that curiosity and sort of giving us the leeway to, if you know, if you wanted to learn about something, then here's the tools and you can go learn about it. Um, so, you know, I lived out outside of town, so there was nobody else around. There was nobody to play with. So here just you yourself. could cross just the moat. play with myself, me and my guns. Um, and I had. Two old maid great aunts that lived in the homestead at the back of the property. And they kept me a lot of summers when I was little. And they had world books and whatever other encyclopedias from like the 60s. Right. And if it got so hot, because you know, you had that magic time you could play in the morning mm-hmm. and you could play at, after five. Right. From like about 11 till. Four, you didn't want to be outside. Yeah. Right. So I'd be, and they didn't have air conditioning except in one room. Yeah. Um, so I would be sitting there in the hot, in, 
in the breezeway reading encyclopedias from like 1966. You were so Blanche Dubois. <laughs> Learning all kinds of useless information, which next time you ask me, how do you know that? Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing. I will go ahead and say we did have a few good teachers. We had some that were didn't do us much justice, but there were a few that if they didn't actually teach us anything, maybe they taught us how to teach ourselves. Right. They taught us how to think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like the fake Jerry Garcia stands out for me. Yes. That, you know. Oh, yeah. Guys like that who – it, I mean, it wasn't near as much about learning the material as it was about fostering the curiosity, uh, teaching you how to think about things from critical a, thinking, critical thinking, yeah. a number of different angles, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. It was a, it was a lesson in critical thinking, and in that, I mean, which you know is a part of that is that open mindedness too yeah. is that being willing to you know open up your mind think critically think differently about things consider alternatives you know that sort of thing for sure you know and I'll tell you another thing that I don't think today's society has as much i can remember which you know i grew it's up in tiny a church people. that uh um, i grew up in a in a house that you went to church every sunday you know i grew up methodist and I can remember asking, we had a string of really good preachers uh, when I was a kid, and I can remember asking some pretty heavy questions as a junior high age kid. You know, and the pastor might say, I can remember, I can't even remember what the question was, but I remember him looking at me and saying, I don't know. What do you think? Right. And I think in today's world, uh, more and more, like I said, we'll go with Facebook. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's an expert. Uh, I read this on the internet. I read that on the internet. And well, having, we don't listen to each other anymore. Well, we, I read, a, I read right. a great, great quote from Abraham Lincoln that said 99% of the things on the internet are false. Right. <laughs> that, I've never thought of it that way. Um, but I, I think that that, that is a great point in that you, if you, the, Generation now that grows up with being able to get the answer to anything in a split second fosters that sort of narcissistic idea that you, you know, that you know more than you actually know. And it sort of inhibits some of that Thank desire you. to learn things because why do I need to spend the time learning all these things when I can just find the answer in 10 and, seconds? Yeah, and you can't convince me, like I can remember. Fifteen years ago, uh, sitting around thinking, God, what was the name of that song that so and so did in you know 1984? And you can't tell me that the process of me sitting there trying to remember it doesn't have some effect on helping my neurons and axons firing and helping to stimulate my brain right whereas now i can just google it right well, and now, have an instant and so my brain doesn't have to work well and your brain adapts to the environment too so it intentionally is not remembering things as much and storing things as much long term because those things aren't needed right it'll you know? be interesting to see how this happened how this shapes out 
probably for our generation, I think we'll be the first one to really suffer from it, to see do we turn into vegetables because we don't use our brains as much. You know, if your uh, grandparents and everything were like mine, they did crossword puzzles. Yeah. Right. All the time. Yep. And I think that because we're getting into this world where I can look it up on my phone, I don't have to remember anything, I don't have to think anything, we're going to stop using that those brain patterns and we're going to see a sharper decline in dementia because people won't use their brains for anything. A decline in a, dementia? A, or no, incline, or, or an increase in dementia, I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Decline in brain power and gotcha. because of usage of that critical thinking. Because people don't do puzzles and stuff. They want to play Candy Crush or some shit. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think what's happening is that it's it's not so much that we're not using our brains as much, it's just as we're using them differently. Right. And yeah. so through that, the brains are changing. Because the the different you know, using it differently is not it's not changing the capacity of it, it's just altering it by its function. You know, so it's it's just changing. Right. So that makes me think about something that me and my uh, middle son were talking about the other night. I'd picked up a Ma- uh, magic kit at the Goodwill because the kids love magic, you know. And he and I were talking about tricks and things, and I said, "He's like, well, that's not real, you know. Everybody knows that's not real." I said, "I know that, but there was a time not very long ago where you could roll into a town and put on a show, and people wouldn't know how you sawed the lady in half." Right now, everybody can go look that up on the internet. And we all know that there's a trick to it, but back then people... You mean they're not really sawing the lady in half? I hate to break that to you. I'm sorry, Heavy. Son of a bitch. But that got me to thinking that... You just ruined his night. (laughs) When there were probably people that didn't have to use their brain for anything other than, I've got to go mow this field, I've got to go milk this cow, and if that's all you did, your brain just wasn't geared. It wasn't exercised enough to have the critical thinking. Now, there were always going to be people that exceeded, but there were a lot Those of outliers. People, yeah. There were a lot of people that they just weren't pushed. And I, I know for a fact that we went to school with people like that, that weren't oh, yeah. pushed. Um, I you, think your brain's always going to be a function of your environment to a certain extent. Right. Like you're saying that, you know, Depends on how big your world is. So there's obviously the potential that there's going to be kids that, you know, score perfect on their SATs now more so than they did, you know, 30 years or something ago. But it's it's being rewired different. Right. Absolutely. Um, Back to uh, Cody's thing. The other thing that I wanted to say that made me think about it, I think, and maybe we're skewed because – we were with the same people our entire lives, right? In school, you In mean school. classmates, first, right? For, you yeah. know, kindergarten for the most part, twelfth yeah. grade for the most part, same people. Now you were in a different grade, but still the same. Yeah. And because we were not, for lack of a better term, low class, you know, we weren't we weren't poor. None of us right. were rich, we're just but. Um, I think our peers that we were in the normal classes with, 
I think a lot of almost everybody's a professional for the most part. Yeah. Of some sort. But there are definitely people that weren't in our same classes, that we were in the same age, but maybe they weren't in honors English or whatever. Right. There's a lot of them, you know, that aren't professionals. There's plenty of them that are successful. Yeah. And there's some that are professionals. There's people in very high positions that I would have sworn couldn't have pour, poured piss out of an open-toed boot. Yeah, blows me away. But uh, I think that when I look back, I think, well, hell, everybody we went to school with so got a degree in something, and you know, and then I think a little bit harder, and I realize, well, no, you know, this guy's in the pen, and this guy's this, and you know, that one OD'd. That one OD'd, and that, that one died in a car wreck. Jumped in front of a truck and you know stuff like that but one's working for the carnival i wish we knew some carnies man we need more carnies when's the last time we went to i mean I, i've taken my kids to the carnival but that's not the same as going to no the carnival. that's not the same as throwing that fucking ring at the bottle until you win that judas priest mirror uh, <laughs> the mirrors or the roach clip yeah you know what the whole roach clip no, was like, man these like, feathers are awesome man i'm gonna put this i'm gonna Hang this off my rat tail. Yeah. I didn't have a rat tail for the record. <laughs> I would love to see Gustav with a rat tail. <laughs> Please. Please. Now. Yeah. With the receding hairline. Balding with a rat tail. With a rat tail. I bet I bet I could guess that there's one person we know that we went to school with that probably does have a rat tail right if now. If they don't, their kid does. Yes. So they had a rat tail then. Yeah. Are you thinking of somebody in particular? Yes. Very particular. <laughs> Who? Alexander Troy. <laughs> oh, yes. Edit, 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 edit. I forgot about it. He had a good yeah. rat tail. Yeah, he was strong. He course. might yeah. still have one. It's possible. You know, and speaking of him, I was thinking about this today, and this is totally off Robert's email. But sorry, the change Robert. in That's the not answer. Robert. We're on Cody's email. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cody. T- totally Cody off Allen. Cody's email. Cody Allen. Cody Allen. But... I got to think of the day that the change in meaning of words, like it was like two years ago, and I think it was because some politician said something, but I was unaware that the term, that the word thug meant something different now, that now supposedly it's like the N-word. Yes, and that's a uh, what they call it, a uh, dog whistle or... Something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we were coming up, Thug was your white trash guy from the south side of town. Yes, absolutely. And they had the rat tails. They had the long hair. They were wearing a Judas Priest shirt. Ozzy shirt. They were smoking the cheapest cigarettes you could get at the. Oh. We'll fix that. Edit. Yeah. Yeah, that's too close. We'll fix that. But yeah, I was. Uh, I was thinking about that today. I was like, because they were making a big, like I said, about two years ago, I, can't, I think it was a politician or a news guy, yeah. said thug, and they, he got in trouble for it. And I was like, well, yeah. hell, that's just white trash. I I work with a very racially diverse uh, crew and my current client, and I had to check myself one day talking that I was about to tell a story and say thug. And I was like, this may not go over well. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a different world. Can you think of other words that have changed like that? Well, there's certainly words that we don't use anymore. I don't know about right, but I know I'm talking about the meaning. No, of that's the word that has stands changed. Out. I mean, you know, we can't say retard. Well, yeah, I know. I'm not know. talking about words we can't say. But I mean, that, but along those lines, like that one's a word that literally was a medical term, right? That right. medicine doesn't even use anymore. Yeah, I mean, and that that was that yeah. just. What does that mean, thug? Medical? No, retard. <laughs> retard. Like the idea I was like, what in the hell? Some died. doctor coming in saying, well, this thug. He's got a horrible is... case of thugitis. I got diagnosed with thug at age four. <laughs> Spent three years at the Ronald McDonald house. I was like, what the shit? Never heard of that. <laughs> All right. All right. Cody had another uh, question there. Since he is, uh, I guess, a luthier. For bass guitars, I, I guess it's the same. Oh, that's awesome, man. man. That is awesome. That's something that I've never done. Uh, I certainly have done my fair share of woodworking. I do not know any exotic wood suppliers around Shipbutt County area. Um, we do know a couple of knife makers. Yeah. And maybe uh, we could reach out to them and see if they know. I, I would imagine just about everything is off the Internet, though. Yeah, I can't think of anything local that... Because I know those dudes are buying, like, fossilized mammoth bones and stuff to make handles out of. Yeah. So, and I know they're not getting Some that. exotic woods. And a lot of that just comes in, you know, rectangular blanks. Yeah, little slabs. Yeah. Yeah, that they can carve into the shape they're wanting. So I'm afraid I don't have an answer for you on that, Cody, but I really appreciate the email. And I wonder if he could whip up a Bodark bass guitar could you imagine how oh, freaking man. heavy that thing would be that that would be really hard to do i've got a, a stick of bodark that um i'm gonna make some machete handles out of really and i hadn't gotten around to it one of my knife making friends gosh probably 15 years ago he was cleaning out a fence row and he found an old wagon wheel that was covered hmm. up with briars and uh Shit, and I was telling how old it was. Right. But the spokes, and I didn't realize this, the spokes on the wagon wheels in our area back then were uh, were made out of boat art. Huh. And so this thing had been laying there for shit, no telling how long. And it still had some of the spokes in it, so he took them out. We we're going to make knife handles out of them. Uh-huh. And they'd just been exposed to the elements for decades and decades and decades. The only way he could shape those things was with a grinder. Yeah. So bandsaw wouldn't go through it. Hard as no, hard as nails. Nothing. No saw he had to go through it. He had uh, to work it with a grinder. We had a. It was gorgeous uh, handles when he finished up with it. I had a yeah. physics teacher uh, back home. It was talking about how there was a um, bridge, a railroad bridge, just a small one out east, or no, sorry, west of town, that had been made out of boat art back in the. 19th century and they tore it down to rebuild it and there had been boat arcs that had been submerged below the waterline for years still as good as new yeah but it had changed color to like the green on your wall over there instead of the normal orange huh. just the chemicals it was like the orange oxidized yeah almost and i didn't see it he was talking about how he had seen it you know 30 or 40 years ago but uh it's pretty wild that's pretty crazy yeah um thanks for the email cody 
we are at an hour, guys, and you know we've talked about how we want to try to keep this at about an hour. So we're going to sign off, and um, we'll talk to you all later. Again, find us on Twitter. Follow us on um, there. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. Can you Thank hear you, me? Thank you, Cody and Robert. Pod at gmail.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes or on whatever podcast uh, app you use. Thanks. Adios. Bye. I didn't know the gun was loaded. How often have you heard that expression? That is all you need to know for now. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas.